Kawhi alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! Official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. As Rick James once said, it's a celebration, bitches. Welcome to the 100th episode of the People's Pitch Podcast. I am Nate, and today I am not only joined by my illustrious co-host, John Bizworm, I am delighted to welcome two other special guests to the club shop tonight. John, did you ever think that a podcast about a soccer team you founded would have enough listenership to reach 100 episodes. Sometimes when, when mommy and daddy love each other, they create a baby. And we created this podcast together. And <laughs> This is that special baby. This is our special baby. I didn't think we'd get this far. I clearly thought we'd be shut down way earlier than 100 episodes, uh, which, you know, we've, we've walked that thin line. But I'm, I'm so honored to get through to three digits that I, I can't wait to see what happens many, you know, many more. And then obviously... When all this is said and done, you know, 75 years from, from now when the MPSL folds, um, we can go back and listen to the archives and relive it all again. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so joining us today are uh, not only club founder John Bizworm, but club founder Dan Hodeman and club founder Nick Sint. Uh, with the three founders in the house today is going to be all about Minneapolis City as we talk to these guys about where they came from, how they came together to start the team, and where they uh, where they want our strange black, white, pink, and sometimes blue spaceship to take us in the future. <laughs> uh, but first, John, you have a final update on the end of season awards, uh, maybe a roundup of city honorees ready to take over the soccer world, don't you? Yes, I do. Uh, it was it was actually dropped last week when, during our little hiatus week for the owners meeting that uh, I was correct, Nate that we did have a member of Minneapolis City being uh, voted into the All-American team. Uh, but I was, I was wrong in that we actually have three city members who uh, are, are players, current and former, who are, were named to the All-America list for Division Three. So, Damn. Um, so second team, everyone's favorite set of hair, Samuel Ruiz Plaza, capped off his senior year with uh, a second team nomination. So congratulations to Samuel, who just turned 22, by the way, yesterday. So happy belated birthday, Samo. And then my, my prediction uh, on the third team was Aiden O'Driscoll from Luther was named to the third team, as well as everyone's favorite uh, Premier League song, Will Kid. So <laughs> I, I was wrong that we, we, had, uh, we had three, but I was right that Aiden made it. So it's something to say that we now have, uh, you know, last year we had, we had Justin Oliver in, and he was an All-American um, coming out of his senior year, but we have three true club members who, um, you know, past and, and current that are, are voted onto the list. So, uh, and like I mentioned last show, we also have a, a few other targets that are coming in for trials that are on that list as well. So we could potentially, by the end of uh, by the end of the day, when we get our team set up for uh, next year and our U23s, we could have upwards of five to seven uh, All-Americans that are within the club. So pretty excited about the, about that, and I'm happy for these guys. It's good work. You're doing the Lord's work, John. So, <laughs> at, men to fish. Yes. So as I said, we are coming to you from the club shop located on 38th Street in the heart of South Minneapolis. And we have the three founders in Minneapolis City with us. You all know John Bisworm from the other 99 episodes or so that we do, that we have done. Uh, but also joining us are Dan and Nick. And tonight is just going to be about shooting the shit, you guys. We're... Uh, just, some good, just put some good stories out there. We'll talk a little bit about uh, some club history, and we'll learn some things about the club that might not have made the light of day yet. I know Dan loves to talk about the club, so there's not can't be too many stories left to tell. <laughs> but uh, but we'll try to we'll try to uncover those today. But let's start with your backgrounds, guys. Um, let's start with the most mysterious founding member, Nick. Now, Nick, I was talking to you the other night, and you were from Virginia. In fact, is that true? Or the Virginia? I. Lived in Virginia. Oh, I consider Madison, Wisconsin, home. Oh, there uh, we go. I've 
lived in Milwaukee, Madison, Sun Prairie, all in Wisconsin, Cincinnati area. And then I went to high school out in the D.C., outside of the D.C. metro area. So rural Virginia, where, you know, the South will rise again and Bubba's got two teeth and there's about 60 kids <laughs> in your graduating class with the same last name. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, well outside the D.C. area. So you... Uh, you like these guys grew up playing soccer? Yes. And did you go to school for soccer? No. Where did you uh, attend your collegiate studies? I wanted to go back home. So I went to high school out in Virginia and one been a Midwesterner at heart. Wanted to go back home, so I went to the University of Wisconsin Madison and they were happy to take me and my averageness because I out of state tuition. So, mm-hmm. you know, ninety thousand dollars later, I've got a wife and a soccer club. To show for it because and, of and because children. of the connections. <laughs> Don't forget about true, your kids. True. <laughs> well, you know, wife leads to kids most times. Could be worse. It could just be the the debt. True. True. <laughs> yes, it could. Yes, it could. This is a new form of debt. Yeah. So you're not the only. It sounds like a lot of you, every all three of you really have that in common where you kind of moved around a lot mm-hmm. as kids. Dan, uh, you as well are not quite. Uh, you haven't quite lived in Minnesota your whole life. No, I haven't. I, I was born here, um, and I moved around a lot. So I left Minnesota for kindergarten. Um, we always came back because all my extended family live here, but lived in uh, outside Dayton, Ohio. That's where I met John. Uh, we've been buddies since the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I moved to LA. That's where I mainly grew up. I did uh, junior high and most of high school there. That's uh, so where I played most of um, uh, my most fun soccer. Moved to Atlanta for a year. Uh, the South is weird. Um, I will uh, <laughs> agree with, agree with yes. it there. And Atlanta is particularly weird because it's, it's also half north. Very strange place. Um, but, but really likable people and it's warm. Uh, in contrast to Minnesota right now. Um, then I, uh, I went to college in Massachusetts. Um, I went off to play ball in England for a time. Moved back to Minnesota for a job. Um, and then moved out east to New York and Connecticut. And then I moved back and uh, started a soccer team with, um, with my buddy John, who had introduced me to Nick, um, who he knew from uh, Wisconsin days. And actually, we sort of uh, befriended our... like each other over um over beers and breakfast skills at a place called mcmahon's which no joke actually blew up uh blew up while i was in europe on my we're gonna have kids soon so we better fucking travel trip Mm -hmm. and can i say wait i I didn't suggest it was your fault no no no, but that sounds awfully guilty hold on but you guys threatened (laughs) to call uh immigration on me so that when I came back you told me this it was the and bar. I was like what I was are like, you that talking that sounds like about? a bizarre joint yeah and I was like what's going on and then found out months later that McMahon's actually had burned down well I was in Arizona at the time and Dan texts me he's like where were you yesterday and I was like I'm in Arizona and he's like Sure, because Big Man's exploded. And I was like, you know, no. It was it was our soccer spot, and that's where we, we conceived a lot of this stuff, to be honest. And, um, yeah, actually, some it's not really a joke. Some people died. Yeah, it was, and, it's actually uh, a really sad story. Yeah, but... Uh, we didn't yeah. know that at the time. We were texting each other joking. It came out later. Where was it? It was on East Lake Street. So it was right, right over, like, 31st in East Lake. It was a yeah. walking distance from your first yeah. place here. Yeah, right okay. in South Minneapolis, like... You know, not too far away from the, the club shop. It was owned by this old, uh, this this old, I should say, he's probably like in his late fifties, guy from Manchester. So every Saturday and Sunday, you go watch games. If Liverpool got scored on, you got a free drink. Oh, nice! And then at, at that time, Landon Donovan was at Everton on loan, and we convinced him one one day to uh, to allow us to get a free drink if Landon Donovan scored. And he's like, oh, okay, you know, you guys come in here enough. And sure as shit, Donovan bagged two goals that day. Yeah. So it was a really good morning for That's us. That's nice. Yeah. We, yeah. we stayed for bingo, basically. <laughs> <laughs> now, John, uh, like Dan, born in born, you know, around here in Midwest, and then you moved you moved a little bit too. Sure. Uh, partly because of partly because of your dad. Sure. Yeah. So I was born in Dayton, Ohio, and then I like these guys moved around a little bit more when they were younger. I didn't move until I was high school in high school. So. My, my family immigrated from Germany, both both sides, my mom and my dad, to Milwaukee. And then that's where my mom and dad met in college. And then um, my dad was stationed in Germany and my sister was born, my older sister was born there. And then he got stationed in Dayton, Ohio. And luckily, being a military kid, we didn't really travel around a lot like most military families do. So we spent uh, 15 years in, in Dayton, Ohio. And then uh, when my dad retired from the military, 
we moved back to Wisconsin and then I finished up my high school there. And then um, after that, played a couple years over in Germany before I came back to get educated and then moved here for work after Dan and I connected, uh, reconnected again. And uh, I think we reconnected and then like three weeks later, I was looking for apartments to up here. So it was really fast. And I actually had met Nick through um, a buddy, friend of a friend in Milwaukee who I, I became friends with that you, I mean, you knew Dan. Were- we played together in some prayer when we were 12. And then when I moved away, didn't hear from him, came back to college, random psych class, middle of the night, you know, late night, freshman year, uh, ran into one of the other guys we played with. So then, yeah, I got reconnected back into that. So that friend of a friend was friends with someone that I hung out with in Milwaukee that that my uh, my wife went to, uh, school with his now wife so we just got introduced to them and then he invited me to his bachelor party and then oh jesus yep that's <laughs> yeah so then that and then it was like a co-bachelor party because that guy ended up being nick's best man and nick was his best man so oh, i was adorable. invited to that it was i was it invited was into that world and that's how we met and mm-hmm. then um you moved shortly after that back here yeah, yeah, I think I was in Illinois at the time and then came up here. We were here for almost a year and then I saw on Facebook that you were moving up here. Yeah. I was like, do you need help moving? Because I, I like, moved. Hell yeah, I do. Here's I my moved you because of my wife. So I didn't have any connections up here and was like, I'm going to start finding ways to get the hell out of the house. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of serendipitous. I love my wife. Yeah. <laughs> It was kind of serendipitous. Like we all met each other either through like super old school connections like Dan and I had or just friend of a friend at a chance thing that I met Nick at. And then we all were here looking for soccer. The really odd thing too, speaking of serendipitous, is I lived in a town outside of Cincinnati called Westchester, which was about halfway between Cincinnati and Dayton from 1990 to 1994. Played shit level soccer, which we'll probably get into later, our levels of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, but played shit level soccer, so I never crossed paths with these two, but they were literally less than a 45 minute drive. They just ran up the road. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we used to play Westchester. Yeah. I left I left in 91 after the Rodney King riot, so yeah, because... Because and Johnny, um, he, John um, started playing '89. That might be what caused it. The Rodney left. The Rodney yeah, King like, drove oh, the Hodeman family out of town. Yeah. So let's talk about the uh, the level of soccer that you could never you could never reach, Nick. Uh, <laughs> um, both of you guys oh, mentioned that you spent some time in Europe. Uh, Dan in England, John in Germany. Um, Dan, first, let's have you talk about kind of how you ended up in in Brighton and how what that process was like graduating from a small college in Massachusetts and deciding, fuck it, I'm gonna go to England. Well, I, I hadn't graduated yet, so. Um... So I, I sort of had a somewhat um, spotty playing career because I moved, and then you know at, at the time you didn't have it wasn't quite as developed. Um, and as a goalkeeper, you sort of got in a weird spot because it's tough to prove yourself, so they don't put you in for the last ten minutes or whatever. So you know, having gone from playing like ODP at, at one of the top clubs in South Ohio, moving to LA, um, they, they already had some of their favorites and all that. So I sort of went from club to club, but you know, it was good enough. Um, I went to Holy Cross in Massachusetts, which is, uh, at, at the time, they were um, actually pretty decent. They made the NCAA tournament a few times. Um, currently, they're not as good <laughs> as they were. Um, Rebuilding years. <laughs> years. They don't have um, men in goal. Like right. Well, that's the, clearly their issue. Um, you know, but as I was uh, going to play, I, um, I, ha- I had a scenario, which I'd be happy to describe to, uh, to you listeners, where in a training session, um, before the season was going to start, we're doing like set piece things, and uh, so we're doing uh, corners at the time. And a corner came in, and then coach found the goal, said something to me, and my hearing is actually not that great. So I like, sort of turned my head to listen to it, and when I turned my head back, someone was like powered ahead of her from very close, and I just sort of out of reaction threw my hand up. The ball went off of, off of my thumb tore the ligaments in my thumb and, and did some nerve damage and all that. So I, I didn't play for a few years. Um, and I didn't really want to go out that way. So what I did was I I, um, I was a little bit ahead in, in my credits. I was an English major, so it wasn't 
Not hard. <laughs> not very academically demanding. <laughs> yeah. Tell what I'm saying, you guys, right? So you're, it, not that hard there. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, so I, so I disenrolled from um, Holy Cross, and I went and got a student visa. I went to the University of Sussex, which is in Brighton. Um, but I, I, did, I did kind of trials all over, and um, and they were not working out very well for me. Um, so I was like, ah, fuck it. I was like, boy, the university team and all that. Well, at the time, the university team shared uh, training facilities with Brighton Hove Albion. Now, these days, Brighton Hove Albion, it, Premier League, beautiful stadium, all that. At the time, it was actually worse than um, my high school. Their stadium, the with theme, Google it, brutal. They didn't have, like, warm water many times. Um <laughs> You know, it's actually this really great, uh, great story. Um, and I ran into their manager at the time, Peter Taylor, and just sort of suggested... Just a guy named Peter Taylor. In my way, <laughs> that perhaps, you know, Americans um, being particularly good, you know, with sports with their hands, that I should get a trial. Um, and so, you know, one thing led to the other, and that happened. And I very quickly found out as a day that that was perhaps a better level than um, I was quite prepared for. Um, but you know what? No one can take any of that stuff away from me. And as, as one of my buddies over there says to me whenever I talk to him, he's like, you know, fuck, mate. All you got to do is just say, I played at Brighton. They're on the fucking TV. They're not going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> Olin does. He goes, if I go back and play FIFA, <laughs> can I be Dan or John? Dan? FIFA, no. FIFA didn't exist no, in, 19, yeah. in, in the Nobody. early 1990s. 94 Nobody. was about the... <laughs> The closest you can get. We were still in grade school, <laughs> right? Yep. But uh, but you know, great experience. Met a lot of fantastic people. It's sort of fun, uh, particularly traveling around in the south of England. Um, but I mean, the the level there is really high. It was fast. It was physical. It was, yeah, it, it was it was a blast. And I was not I was not good enough. But I certainly enjoyed my time. And uh, and as he said. Sound like they can fucking look it up. So yeah, John. No, John. You also ended up in Europe partly because of uh, your dad, f- made, pretty much breeding you to do so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were you were grown from a pod in order to play in order to play German style soccer. I believe they call it hatched. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean, I. Uh, I mean, where do I start? My dad coached high school soccer for. 16 years in Ohio and is in the Ohio sports high school, um, Ohio, uh, the Ohio high school and the Ohio sports hall of fame. And, uh, funny, funny side note is he went in with Eddie George, the running back from Ohio state. So there's this picture of all the inductees and my dad's like five, eight, maybe. And he's older now. So he's, you know, he's in his seventies. So he's shrunk a little bit and Eddie George is a massive man. So (laughs) basically he has his arm like around my dad, but it's basically on top of his head. (laughs) But anyways, um, so I grew up on a soccer field and it wasn't that I was pushed into it. I was just always around it because it was it was a form of daycare. Really, well, and your dad and your fa- your family yeah, for I generations mean, had played for the Bavarians. Right. And... I mean, my whole family played soccer, so it was inevitable that I got involved in it. But my my specific portion of the the Bisworm soccer pie, I guess you could say, was just a form of daycare for me after after, you know, a long day of being with my mom who was a stay home mom. It was like Take take the kids to soccer practice. So I was always around it. And if I, if I could interject, um, he may, he might be underselling it. So what used to happen because um, you know, I have a, a brother and two sisters um, was like after practice or if something's happened on the weekends, our our moms would like trade each other off. Mm-hmm. Um, but because John's dad was coaching, oftentimes we just get dropped off to play soccer. Um, and for like four hours. Yeah. So we we'd go from practice to just like playing with like the high school girls which you didn't realize it was quite as cool as it was at the time so really 10 um and just like we played for hours and hours and hours like I, I remember going to john's house and he was like okay i've set up a number of garbage cans in the backyard and i thought what we could do is hit it right foot left foot and see how many we get in a row like that was his idea of fun i've actually never seen anyone more dedicated to playing soccer <laughs> That's when Dan called his parents to pick him up. So I mean, so I, so I, I mean, soccer. It wasn't that I didn't play other sports. I played basketball. I, I, I loved playing baseball. I just, I just gravitated towards organized soccer. So at about three and a half years old, almost four, my parents lied about my age and put me in with the five and six year old kids in like the local community, just because I was just itching to play soccer. 
you know, I was watching it on TV through my parents had one of those old like satellite dishes that could land a plane. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was like Hubble telescope. Yeah. So we're watching like Russian streams of the Bundesliga and shit. It was like it was nuts. So so what the luxuries that we have today watching like Fox or uh, you know Fox like, Soccer M- Channel, Fox Soccer Channel, or, yeah, or NBC Sports. Like that was not it. We're talking like grainy. Um, I would equate it to like a high schooler trying to like unscramble porn. <laughs> like, um, but we were we were like unscrambling. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're like unscrambling soccer to watch. Um, so I mean, I, I was just around it, and like Dan said, like my parents would have to like rip me out of the backyard to to come in, and it wasn't that they were forcing me into anything. It was just like, when can I play? How much can I play? You know what games can I play alone and what games can I play with my friends? So after, um, after that, I, um, I played club soccer, you know, at high levels and Dan and I played together for a while. Um, and then when Dan moved, uh, the age groups changed and because I'm a January birthday, I was moved out of the age group. So I had to move different clubs. Um, and then through kind of weird, uh, us soccer getting involved in youth, youth soccer at that point, um, we had like a Midwestern Premier League that got that was basically the early makings of the DA, and I, I played in that. And then um, you know high school came around and and uh, played in four state championships at two schools, uh, won one and lost three. <laughs> so uh, I got a medal. Uh, nice. And the nice part is, is it was in Ohio. So my dad's in the Hall of Fame, but I, I own the state championship. <laughs> So he never he never won one. But after that, I had some aspirations to play in college. It was a little stupid off the field, and uh, and that didn't pan out. So I the only way I could think about it was like, do I try playing soccer at another level? So when my dad and mom were stationed in Germany, when my sister was born, their landlord was actually involved in the youth development at uh, at FC Kaiserslautern. So he's my sister's godfather. So he would come over every year to visit and it would always be around soccer season when I was playing. And, you know, he just constantly was like, you got to come over to Germany. You got to come over to Germany. And when you're like 10, you're like, yeah, that's awesome. But when you're 17, 18, you're like, that's, this could be your reality. So I sent my recruiting tape. They sent this weird ass German dude who literally doesn't have a home. He has a club address. So all his ma- personal mail goes to the club. I mean, he might have a home. And then they like home. send it to whatever <laughs> hotel he's whatever staying ho- at for yeah. the week. This guy, tra- yeah. this guy travels 250 plus days a year scouting players. And like the mail would be waiting for him when he checked in. Yep. And yeah, he'd yeah. come back and he would like maybe be off for a day and then he'd go fly to a different country watching players. So he came, watched me play in my Bavarians games, uh, stayed in my house. My mom made him like a meal and like it was really bizarre. Um, he was there for about four days, and then he they offered me a, a spot to go out there and trial, and it worked out. I hopped on a plane with this dude, and <laughs> I stayed there for for uh, three years. And then my we had four coaches in three years in my time there. And for an American at that point, it was like you are like below the gum on the bottom of someone's shoe. So uh, I had to fight really, really hard to even just get minutes and get noticed. And uh, at the end of my, my contract, they wanted to loan me to a team in Belgium, and I made the decision at that point, do I want to be that guy who bounces around and maybe makes like $1,000 more or you know maybe more than that and try to stick it someplace, or do I want to maybe like go to college mm-hmm. and not be bouncing around Europe? So I went back home and went to uh, University of Milwaukee, and then after that, I, I just played amateur soccer, played Bavarians, had a couple good... Good runs with those guys from an amateur soccer perspective, and then came here. Came here. Yeah. So before we get into uh, too much about once you guys kind of found each other and found and found Stegmans and, and founded Minneapolis City, uh, I sent each of you a few questions today for this little game to play, but it turns out that a newlywed-style game is really hard to... Um, wrap my head around with three players. <laughs> it's, well, it's the polygamous version. Yeah, yeah. so whole new world. Yeah, you're you're going to be telling a lot of stories tonight. So to avoid ruining the game by playing it at the end, we'll play it here now at the start, right. um, and we'll sort of play. But really, you're just going to discuss some more fun shit. So uh, we'll start. We'll start with here. If you were, st- I asked each of you if you were stranded on a desert island, what is the one condiment you would take with you that you could have for the rest of your life? Um, and I guess what we'll do is just go and go around and you guys can guess what you think each other said, right? So, all right, Nick, you're first. Nick, what condiment do you think John would take, and what condiment do you think Dan would take? 
John, I consider John from Wisconsin, so I'm torn between ranch dressing and just like squeezable cheese. <laughs> do, I yeah. to, do I have to like lift up my answer? No, 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 not yet. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll reveal at the end to give Dan a chance. John, what do you think Nick and Dan said? Uh, well, hold well, on, he's got, Dan. He's got oh yeah, Dan, 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 Dan. Dan, I consider more of an East Coast, uh, coastal elite. But I, know, <laughs> I know nothing about the Northeast. Except for they have Boston baked beans as a candy, so I'm gonna say like ketchup. Okay. So okay. he's ranch or squeezable cheese. He's ketchup. All right, okay. John. Uh, I was ranch. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're, you're not supposed to tell oh, yet because yeah, Dan didn't oh, guess. Shit. But John was <laughs> ranch. Well, you, oh, so Dan, what do you think John said? <laughs> you got this threesome going. I'm sorry, right. dummy. Came out wrong. Came out all wrong. Luckily, uh, it's the first question, Dan, so I won't do it again. <laughs> Dan, what do you think Nick said? Nick's a little bit of a gourmand, so True. Um, but he also lived in Wisconsin, which it's very difficult for me to square that circle. <laughs> um, I, be, I believe he probably goes something like mustard, which works on both Wisconsin foods and can be gourmet. Okay. All right. Uh, and John, what do you think these guys said? Okay, so uh, cat's out of the bag. I picked ranch. <laughs> um, so... I, I'm gonna go for for Dan. I'm gonna go more less of a condiment, more of a seasoning, and I'm gonna say that he went with Old Bay. Oh, that was my Ooh. second choice. Nice. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, very close. That's very coastal elite. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was on there. I'm like, oh, this doesn't count as a condiment for. You have to pop Nate. multiple <laughs> collars to have Old Bay on a desert island. <laughs> that's the only thing you have. Uh, so, so even though he said it was a second, I would have gone with Old Bay. Um, Nick is like like you said. He, uh, he's a little bit tougher nut to crack on this one, having worked at restaurants and, yeah, uh, and things. I live um, to eat. I'm, I'm a fat kid in yeah. a skinny body. So I'm going to go on a limb and just say salsa. Okay. Uh, Nick, would you care to reveal your choice? Chipotle flavored Tabasco sauce. I was That's pretty close. We used to steal that salsa. from We used to steal that from Chipotle yeah. every time we'd go there. At Modern Climate. Oh, I recall. It's I recall so it being much better than always available. Chipotle. Oh. Nate, last it's... time I checked, this show's not about you. So, uh... Fair enough. Yeah. Dan, I went. I went mustard because I felt like in the end I could sneak under Nate's restrictive rules mm-hmm. and get a bunch of different types of mustard, and mm-hmm. then fuck you, Nate. Yeah. I got a lot of condiments. You got me good. You got Dijon. <laughs> you got the Grey Poupon. You got Old the Brown Bay. Spicy. I, I think Old Bay was... Old, yeah, yeah, Old Bay was, counts for me. <laughs> Each of you shared your greatest on-field Minneapolis City memory. Dan, Nick and John picked the same one. What do you think it was? The same one? Well, on-field? Your I mean, favorite Minneapolis... Yeah, your greatest on-field Minneapolis City memory. Okay. Yeah. That... Was that did that have anything to do with beating Duluth four two to win the title? Because that was pretty fun. Ding ding ding! It did. In no, fact, that, John did pick a second. No, I I said that would have been my first, but I but I, I picked a different one. Mm-hmm. You did. Yeah. Did so I, I can pull up the email, Nate. No, that's true. He did say. I did. What did I say? That would have uh, been game my one in Milwaukee when we we're like, holy shit, this is real, and then you started. Break <laughs> glasses off of the bar. You said obviously up. beating Duluth four to two to cement the title. And then you added, but the first half of VSLT game. Anyway. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So I picked the first half of VSLT mainly because, like, being tasked with building the team and, like, knowing how our struggles last year or the year prior, not last year being so successful and being undefeated, if you're listening and don't know that already. (laughs) Um, But knowing that finding goals two years ago was so fucking hard. Like, we just could not crack that code. And you know we were the one of the one of the like the least scored on teams in the country last two years ago. We just couldn't find the back of the net. And then typical Stegman's problem. Yeah, typical really Stegman's was, problem. Yeah. But to that game, VSLT had given up four goals all year, and we dick slapped them four nothing <laughs> in the first half. And then like that was where our offense was like, "Fuck your good defense to give up four goals." Like we are high powered. And then that led to, I think that was the pivot point where it was like. No one's going to touch us if we just have fun and play good soccer. So I'd agree with that because that VSLT team last year was really, really good. Yeah. I mean, up until the last two games where the wheels kind of came off, they were extremely good. They were the second best team in the conference behind us for sure. Yeah, they were so good. Um, 
and we had what a hundred something people there, probably forty members of the citizens sitting right in front of us. And yeah. at the whistle at halftime, four nothing, people were looking around like, is, like, is this real? real? Are yeah. we alive? Is this yeah. a dream? Like watching BSLT sub guys off before the half, yeah, that can't go back on was like, yeah, we we fucking crushed you guys. <laughs> so so that's what I picked. Um, nice guys, do feel bad that we yeah. beat them so bad, yeah. but uh, love one. That's that's yeah. just one how things guy. go. Great guy. Um, each of you shared your greatest off-field. St- you yeah, you mentioned on. yours. You guessed what you guessed yours. You, you, guessed. you, didn't, you didn't have to say that. Yeah. What what These was yours, Dan? Girl. Would you care to share it? Um, game show material. Yeah. God damn it. Man. Even though you were on a game show once. I'm just you like kissing sisters as you went down. Yeah. What is what was yours? No, this this is a great memory because you know we had so we started we started Stegman's basically out of nothing. And then literally at literally nothing. nothing. Yeah, honestly, that really was co-ed indoor team. Yeah, and we were so bad. And anyway, um, and then a few years later, um, things sort of come come together. But as I recall, the quote about Stegman's was somewhat mediocre but quirky. And then we merged with internationals, and we're like, ha! Now we're not mediocre anymore. Yeah, fuck you. And, <laughs> and then and then we launched um, uh, Minneapolis City, but. Um, the thing was, we had we did this sort of social campaign like the week and a half before. It was like, are we real? Or are we just going to turn up? Or do we only exist on Twitter? Well, we were real, so we go to Milwaukee Bavarians. Um, I mean, those guys didn't lose a single game that season. They they drew th- like three or four games through all thirty they played. And there's this team that comes out of nowhere, goes into their house in pink jerseys, and uh, gets a pretty creditable, extremely even draw. We almost pulled it out, but they all, all also they, uh, hit the uh, post. With As like, the whistle blew, yeah. they hit the post. Yeah, yeah, um, and and uh, I remember walking to the to the bar across the parking lot, just thinking like, "Holy shit, we did this! This is real! This is awesome! <laughs> Let's go get drunk!" And then instead of me getting drunk, John got drunk. So I was technically drunk well before yeah. the game even started because I had not, <laughs> at that point I had nothing really to do. <laughs> so that reasoning is I my, I was tasked with with entertaining the fans that came down so we took them to my my buddy's bar in in um in Whitefish Bay or sorry Shorewood and fun. and we drank with my parents yep. and like Nate and his wife and like David Baker was there and a couple other fans were there and then we then <laughs> Elder's parents and all his friends so it was just a weird crew got drunk and then we went and we realized like oh my god you can get 32 ounce beers at the game <laughs> And you can break the glasses. Yeah. Uh, each of you did share your greatest on-field segments memory. Um, John, what off was field. what do you yeah, off-field? Off off field. I'm sorry, off-field. Yep. Uh, segments memory, John. What do you think Nick's greatest off-field segments memory was? Off-field. Um, I don't want to tip my hat like Dan did on the last one because I do believe. Did any of us have the same answer? Uh, no. Fuck. <laughs> when you hear mine, you're gonna be I like, think I "Oh had yeah, two. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't off remember. The that field was moment, Nick. Nick's off the field moment. See, I'm so I was so banked that we would have had this one together. I don't really even remember any other off field moments. Um, <laughs> there were so many. There were so Are you many. Say somewhere I'm gonna be like, "Holy shit, I was there." <laughs> um, can I pass for a second? Sure. Please, please don't say my wife dancing scandalously. No. Oh, I forgot party. about that. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or every Christmas the party thing ever. she said. Okay, okay. So I'm going to pick Dan, uh, Nick's wife <laughs> getting, me, getting, getting super Nick. drunk at the Sauna Foundation Gala. Oh, that, so, was, <laughs> that, that was not the one, unfortunately. But that was a good, that good, was, that was a good one. Actually. Would anyone like to hear what happened? <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, yeah. Thank Twitter, God, Twitter says yes. Brent Brin has raised his hands. Yeah, yeah. 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 says yeah. yes. Yeah, Mr. Mercer of Toledo just raised his hand. <laughs> Which, by the way, we'll get to your question if you email me today next week. Um, so we go to the Sana Foundation, and like it was us three and our wives, and it's like, and then Dan had hooked up the the gala with Summit, and it was free Summit, so. We're getting drunk off Summit, and then it was cocktails. Right, and everyone's nice to us because we brought the beer. Yeah, right. so everyone's being nice to us, and like we had a couple, we had one other segments guy, Mike Logan, who was working at Comcast at the time, and like it was his table actually. Yeah. So we crashed, we crashed the party basically, which we're really good at. And then so we're talking like eight to ten drinks in, all of a sudden like a DJ pops up, and there's Hold a dance on. party. Before that. This was before the 2014 oh, World Cup. Oh, when she put in the bid for the, she bid for the Brazil tickets in the auction. 
And the woman who was running the auction was trying to get her to like pull the trigger because somebody I think outbid like her by. Grand? Yeah, somebody outbid <laughs> her. She started by... at like twenty eight hundred, but they right. put the spotlight on you. Oh yeah, oh. and this woman came in, and I'm just like, she's trying no, to, she's trying to jack the price up. No, no, do not bid on this. We cannot afford this. I want to go, but we can't afford <laughs> these tickets. And she comes like in and puts grand? put the press least, on yeah. me while my wife's like trying not to bid, and I'm just like, yeah. Don't do it, Jesse. No, 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 no. So she almost spent her kid's college fund, which isn't even going to pay for like a quarter of a semester these days. But yeah, she almost spent her kid's college fund that night before what John's about to say. So she was on fire that night. Okay, so then we get to the dance portion of the competition, and and Dan and his wife Anne and my my wife Jesse and I are we just. We're looking for Nick and his wife, Jess, and we're like, where did they go? And then, so you guys are kind of off in like a corner of the dance floor, and it's kind of like just swaying, both of you like holding on to each other. So we like kind so of, sort of like dance kind of dance our way you over, know? you know, and then all of a sudden, like, she just starts saying the foulest things that she wants to do so with nasty. Nick when they get home, and we're like, there are other people here. Like, <laughs> it was really loud. <laughs> it was obviously uh, my night to kind of DD. Yeah, and her night to kind of bring us out in the car. Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> so Nick goes, uh, "We gotta go." <laughs> he was trying to, like you mentioned, he was he had the teeter totter of, "Will she pass out because she's this drunk, or can or we make it home in time for the reality?" Gotta, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and what and that. what happened? That was so long ago. I honestly don't remember. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. It, How old are I'm your kids? Pretty sure nothing happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, uh, yeah. <laughs> seven and five. I know where the five year old was conceived. <laughs> uh, Tucson <laughs> or Phoenix, Arizona. So I'm gonna say apartment. Nick's wife saying inappropriate sexual things to him at the Tony Sana <laughs> Gala for Goals. That's a good. <laughs> Nick, was it John or Dan who did not follow instructions and brought up playing at the National Sports Center? Where the announcer called Robbie Pikel the Gray Wolf. <laughs> Nick's this making is, a this, is, this isn't a TV show, so Nick just put his hand up to stop like, things. Like, hold like, on. Like Billy Bob in Varsity Blues, I need true false questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> Multiple choice does not work. Okay. Did I say it or did it's, You do have a binary choice, John right. or Dan. Yeah, yeah. It's, there's only two That's options. still not true. Okay. <laughs> blink, blink one for John. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. true. So let, let's restate that. Who. Which one of these two guys decided that their favorite off-field okay. Stegman's memory was when they played okay. at the National you Sports You didn't say Center. that the first time. Yes, where the announcer called Robbie Pike okay. the Grey Wolf. I'm going to guess that's got to be Dan. That is correct. Okay. In my defense, the announcer was not on the field, mate. No. And the announcer played with Minneapolis City in the first year. It was he Andy did. Laurie. Andy Laurie. Yeah. That was a definite Oh, wait, that was Andy Laurie? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. he was called the game. I just I was sitting the stage for how I heard it. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, Nate, John, Nate, did you read this beforehand? Tell us about yours. The RV trip. Okay, so that's why. Why did you guys not pick the RV trip to Kansas City? Because I didn't go on the RV trip. I had just had my daughter. And well, sorry, Nick. I was drunk the entire time. So one of I mean, I didn't just have my daughter. My wife did. Wouldn't let me out of that. One of our club members, segments club members at the time, was. A guy from Jersey, he goes by Seabass. Oh, he's coming back into town. And he's coming back into town. So, uh, so anyway, so Seabass was this a with us as we go out drinking with Seabass. Yeah, sure, we can do another. Yeah, and absolutely. and yeah. Warner, so that he can yell at Warner on mic. <laughs> That's the best part. Okay, tell Stegman so, Stegman too. So, New York was playing Kansas City, and Dan Warner, who's connected with both Stegmans and Minneapolis City, is a still a Kansas City season ticket holder. So we were like Terry Henry, playing within driving distance. Hell yeah. So we we were I was somehow tasked with finding transportation, which was a terrible idea. Or was it? <laughs> or was it? So I'm thinking like I'm googling things like is it legal to have people in the back of a U-Haul? Like <laughs> I'm like <laughs> how much does a limo from Minneapolis to Kansas City cost? You know, like I'm thinking I'm pie in the sky, right? <laughs> so I'm at a I'm at like a get together with my like my non soccer friends, and I'm just talking about like hey, you know like. I need to find an RV that's not like fucking expensive. And out of nowhere, this girl who we call the Hurricane, 
She she turns around and she goes, my dad's got an RV. And I'm like, okay, awesome. Not so, so I was like, <laughs> so I was like, I'm gonna remember this because you're not, and I'm gonna call you on Monday. So I call her on Monday, and she's like, yeah, I talked to my dad on Sunday, and he said he'll charge you like it was something like sixty cents a mile to rent it, and we had to like clean it and make sure that it was full of gas, and we had to drive to Waconia to pick it up. So it's on the way. Yeah. So. Well, <laughs> he asked me like pertinent questions like how many people where are you going and I was like Kansas City for a soccer game uh, six because that was about all the Ten. fitness thing and we had including the driver there were 12 so we doubled up capacity so I put out an APB to all the Stegman's members 12 guys sign up and by the way this was like a week and a half beforehand yep this is, this just pulling it together answer. last minute the only person who said no now that I remember is Nick so everyone Ooh, I invited. No, no, no! I didn't say no. I you, didn't get the email until. No, you, you, you were, you guys couldn't. You couldn't. I remember now. You really? couldn't. Cause yeah, because the, the baby was coming too. No, close. I swear it was Warner sent out the email saying. No, no, that I sent out the email. Whoever sent out the email, at first said, first come first serve," and he sent it out to ten people at first, and then went down the list, and I was further down the list because a, I'm no not way, man. cool. I put you and on the list. B, I have. Yeah, you would be on the list. You were on the list. You're okay. on my list, Nick. Maybe I said no. Yeah. Uh, my wife keeps me on a short leash still <laughs> to this day. My daughter's seven now. So you packed seven years ago, basically. You packed 12 we, guys in we an RV. We packed 12 guys in an RV. And we, and yeah, we had one nice. club member who was on the original team who lived in Des Moines. And we, we I rang him up. And I was like, dude, there is no way we're going to be able to make this drive. Because we left at like 6 p.m. We're not going to well, drive. Yeah, we had to finish work. Yep. Yeah. Right. So we roll up to my shitty rental on in South Minneapolis, and it's like we we all get there. Dan helped me get the, go get the RV early, mm-hmm. and like we're kind of like cleaning it up, and it, it was fucking sweet. It really was. It was called the Mini Winnie, so it was a Winnebago. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a Mini Winnie, and we uh, <laughs> one of the guys who I won't name his name, but his nickname is Boner. Uh, <laughs> so Boner's mom was like, "Oh, do you guys need sandwiches?" So she packs sandwiches for they us. They were really good. And then we have a German dentist who plays in the club named Holger. Mm-hmm. And Holger was, like, kind of disconnected because he was also at the time having children. And uh, he was like, I'm in. And he showed up in his Porsche Cayenne. <laughs> One of with, three Porsches. Yeah. With his trunk filled with cases of beer and, like, full-on 1.75 bottles of liquor. And, and if I could pause quickly, because I had gone to uh, Dr. Holger, Holger Dental Group, Natanka, Um I mean, you're three days before when the technical hygienist had said to me as I was leaving, by the way, make sure Dr. Meiser, she's Russian. This is my best Russian. It might sound like literally Could anything. Sound German? Sure. Um, make sure Dr. Meiser does not drink too much. I need you to watch him. I'm like, he'll be fine. What the worst could happen? We're not even at Albert Lee yet. He's double fisting two bottles of whatever he brought. And <laughs> that's pretty much the last we saw of Dr. Meiser. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we get on the road and. Like Dan said, by Albert Lee, people were fucking wasted. Except the driver. Except for me, I was driving. And Dan was sitting shotgun, like casually drinking beers just in case, like, he had, like, something happened to me and he had to snap into action. So. And we, I would have hit the brake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we get to Des Moines and we didn't, I didn't really mention to the guy who lives there that, like, we kind of need some people to sleep in his apartment. He's got to have 12 guys coming. So, like, we can fit six. Maybe in the RV if we're not like butts to nuts, you know. Like, so um, we a couple get, guys up top, couple guys on the pullout yeah, couch. Yeah, Doctor Miser had taken all of the up top. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he passed out well before we got to Des Moines. So, um, so he's like, yeah, yeah. You know, like my my girlfriend's sleeping upstairs, but like, you know, we got a couple air mattresses. We can throw them out. So fast forward to that to when we got back from where I'm going to tell you we were just at where, where we were going. <laughs> This is a long story, folks, but it's very good. It is. Yeah. Um, so people were pulling, like, furniture from his, like, apartment complex common areas into his apartment to sleep on. And we're talking, like, a tiny-ass apartment. <laughs> so that that happened after we go to a place called The Lumberyard, which is Des Moines' finest gentleman's club. <laughs> and the inspiration and for the-, the 2018 Away Kits. <laughs> Lumberyard. Plaid. <laughs> The Lumberyard. So, yeah, little, sense. little known fact. Um, a BYOB. Yeah, it's a BYOB gentleman's club where the owners own a, conveniently own a 
liquor store that is connected by a sliding door. Well, so, that's just how you make money. <laughs> and then you rent cooler space underneath the stage. I mean, if you need it. If you need it. We but walking in with... We walked in with just like 30 racks of tall boys, and we're like, <laughs> let's do this. Um, so things happen there, and uh, the, the German dentist throws up, and then uh, just this muscle-bound, roided-out Actually, I'd, I'd like to tell this story. Yeah, because, yeah Dan can do that. Um, we'll eventually get on to what you needed us to talk about. Everyone's having a great time, and then the, the German dentist is thrown up, and I... I can sort of see him in this one area. People go over, sit down next to him, and they'll like jump up quickly and walk away. I'm like, that's weird. So I walk over there, and he's puked all over the seats they keep sitting in. All of a sudden, this roided out um, bouncer comes up, looks at uh, looks at the German dentist, looks at the puke, and he just goes, "Is that puke, bro?" <laughs> and so <laughs> Doctor Miser kind of stands up, sways, looks around, and he goes, "No." So the bouncer turns around. I thought all my boys were next to me. No, they all melted away. No, fuck you. His fuck you, man. Left me Run. there with a 30 rack of fucking bush light or something and had to take and a drunk German and dentist. And a drunk German dentist. So I ended up selling the beers for five bucks a piece on the way out. Smart. Barely Cause, trying cause, to keep them yeah. away. So those, those fuckers came back like four hours later. Now, granted... At that point, I had like $300, but I also had not enjoyed Lumberyard to the full extent. So it is now in cemented in Stegman's folklore that if you're going to Kansas City, you're stopping in Des Moines at the Lumberyard. you got to stop in Des Moines. <laughs> no. Last point to mention, though, before you interject, is the game we went to. So we're all hyped to see Terry Henry. He gets sent off eight minutes into the game. We're like, <laughs> fuck this! <laughs> and then we tore up Kansas City, which is now... Our Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. it's a personal Las Vegas. I believe there's one minor detail you left out. Maybe it wasn't this trip to a gentleman's club, but... I We've gone to a couple. I think you had a scarf at this gentleman's club. Oh, that, club. Was that, that definitely happened. Yeah. And I have not taken a scarf since. A stripper started the floss dance craze with the segment with, scarf. And no... At that gentleman's club. Things. Well, no. So she's a stripper, dude. <laughs> I just, I think the important part is to know why I don't touch the scarf. Yeah. Well, just but so you no. guys know, who's got that scarf now? Is that the? Scarf? I will tell you where the scarf is. Right. <laughs> is that now. the scarf that's in the Kansas City Stadium? I'm glad you mentioned that because <laughs> I hope you didn't touch this it. is the first. This is the first time this has ever been revealed in public. So we put a Stegman scarf that Dan put on the scarf wall in Kansas City. But while everyone was not paying attention, I swapped the stripper scarf <laughs> with that one. So if you go to see a game at whatever Children's, Children's People Mercy Park, or whatever, there is a... Don't touch the Stegman scarf. Don't touch the Stegman scarf. <laughs> Admire from afar because you could get crabs in your eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my story. That's a, good, that's a good one. So who, which of you guys... Would most likely be able to score a goal. Hold on, timeout. We didn't go over my best off the field segments memory. Yeah. Though, oh no. You're, yeah, we did. Because didn't John say we've had some beers already? But didn't didn't John guess wrong and then we straightened it out? I don't remember. No. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> what so is yours, happened. Nick? What did I tell you? Let me look up on the email. I think I think you actually we you had, you had a tie. Let's right. talk about the. Uh, tell me about. And I think this is good because oh no 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 I remember one of them well nobody (laughs) I I remember definitely one of them we haven't talked about yet tell me about the trip to Fargo (laughs) so (laughs) everything that happened we took a segment team to Fargo and played FC Fargo or whatever the fuck their name was and they were good at all man they were good they were a decent team and they They were were a little bit better than our our segment team at the time we had 14, 13 guys yeah and one of them. Busted his ankle up, what, 25 minutes into the game? Yeah. Fully? No, so, were, yeah, we were down to, well, like, Warner, one Warner, side. Or it was Warner, 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 yeah. But everything that happened after that game was so has weird. just gone from, like, good to better, best, epic, in terms of storytelling. A, that I game made it on the news in Fargo. <laughs> and Chris Cruz... But they left while we were winning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. We, we ended up losing 2-1 to one right. at the death. But, so they only had footage of... Oh, Our sp- fucking goal in the first half. It's a cruise missile. Right. Chris Cruz gets a nickname from the newscaster in Fargo or Moorhead or wherever the fuck they were playing. Uh, but everything after that was just 
prime Stegman's in our youth. He smoked a cigarette outside the stadium without his shirt in on. Halftime. Well, drinking, half-time. Coke, well, drinking yeah. a Coke at right? halftime. Yeah, yeah and the there goal. was a woman that walked by and kind of gave him the up and down, the elevator eyes. Like, we almost started a website for smoking <laughs> cougars that actually smoked. <laughs> What's up with the white, what was the whole white pants thing? I think she dated a guy that played for Fargo. So we were out at a bar. Oh, and we ran into a guy that Johnson. played for Fargo. Oh, yeah. And, and, and his and girlfriend. He plays for Dakota Fusion now. She, she was a decent looking girl. Yeah. And she had some white pants on that were very skin tight. And she got mad at him while we were all at the bar just yucking it up, having a fantastic fucking time. Throwing bomb shots. And then she just starts <laughs> walking. She got so mad, she just starts walking away. And Fargo, if you've never been there, is nothing. There's a few buildings here and there, but it's nothing. So she's walking off towards the horizon, like in the fucking what's his name Shane. at the end of Wolverine. <laughs> Origins. I mean, she's just walking off towards the horizon. And Was it like Wolverine? Mm, in many ways, yeah. except yeah. the way. Yeah. And so we had this one guy, B. Mua, B. Mua. Oh, yeah. Who he, was he helping barely, out. He didn't speak English. Yeah, no, he, he was Peter Zhang's buddy. Yeah. And they were both good at soccer. Yeah, they were great at soccer. But but really, really good at foosball, too, turns out. And he was just having <laughs> a time talking about white pants, white pants. That's all we could understand from him. As we're riding, driving in this taxi to the next bar, he keeps talking about white pants, white pants. And so we're driving. Excuse me. And I swear we see her walking. And towards the horizon. We were about to stop and like pick her up and be like, hey, do you need a ride somewhere? As gentlemen, of course. Sure. Gentlemen's club. But then no, she became, gentlemen she so became the focus of all of our post-match interviews that we did on Instagram. Oh, in the Stegman's, after, Stegman's Founders after party. Yeah. After we drank the kids under the table. Oh, yeah. And and then we went back. all the kids down. Yeah, we put the kids down. We went back to our room and drank a lot more and did some Instagram post-match interviews. My favorite, those are delete, right? my yeah, yeah, those are those are wiped, those are wiped clean. But Nick probably has them on his phone though. Yeah. My favorite part of that, so we can move on, is so after the game, like the the captain of the of the FC Fargo team was a really nice guy, and uh, the day before, Dan and I went to Summit together to pick up beer for the or to um. Actually, no. What wasn't to pick up beer because the the rep in South Dakota gave, yeah had we were we were there to kind of talk to someone about sponsorship stuff and so I went into the club to like the, the the their pro I don't know why I call it a club or pro shop their gift shop and I got like a green their green like trucker hat because I was like we have to like exchange something with I've exchanged something with the other captain right like yeah when they came down they and played us they gave us a, they gave us a club scarf which is. Sitting behind me, uh, right now at the club shop oh, on, the, nice. on the keg. on the keg, and then uh, so I was like, I'm gonna give this guy a trucker hat because he lives in North Dakota. <laughs> He's he has to like mesh hats, <laughs> right. right? Like, so I hand it to him, and he looks down, and he's like, "Fucking awesome!" <laughs> That's what he's like. <laughs> so, like buzz from like, all the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he goes, awesome. "We're like Napoleon Dynamite." Yeah. Or he's like, "Fucking yes. awesome!" So then he shakes my hand. He's like, "Dude, this is." Awesome. He's like, "Thanks, man." And I, so I bought myself one too because I actually kind of like it. So we um, we go out after the game and we, we I see the the hat and I was like, hey, what? There's those guys and I was like, so we'll talk to them and we had our group of guys out and they had to kind of set up a post game bar for us to go to. So I come back and I was like, hey Dan, watch this. And he's like, and you're like, God damn it, there's worm. And <laughs> I go, exactly I call the, uh, the 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 waiter over and I'm like, hey. What is the cheapest rail liquor that you have? That's like just fucking disgusting. And he goes, uh, I don't know. Let me go check. So he comes back. I don't remember what it was, but it was a dollar shot. So I was like, I need, I need fourteen of them. So and he goes, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Just make it fifteen. So we got fifteen of them, and then I took a couple off, gave them some of our guys, cause fuck them. And, uh, and then, and then I was like, can you deliver them to those two tables over there? And then like, when you do- drop them off, just like, let them know it came from me. So I saw the, 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 the like, oh man, these guys are cool. They're buying us shots. And then simultaneously, <laughs> they, they all cheers to take it. And then the look of 
just disgust <laughs> on the right when it hits their lips like <laughs> yeah just like a lot of wincing and like a lot of oh. coughing afterwards and then i'm just in the corner like hey, hey guys hey, you're welcome fuck your hat yeah <laughs> so real quick my other off the field segment it's all moment. about this is the no. worst idea to have us together <laughs> yeah no shit my other real quick my other off the field segments moment was when we a uh, brought our own trophy and B recreated every locker room post championship on an MRSL D3 championship. <laughs> we have a few pictures of it. It's not great. We beat a team that was a pain in our ass. It was raining out. We brought our own shield for winning the division and gave each other beer showers. And yeah. it is now yeah, part yeah, of I, our. I brought yeah. a bottle of champagne. <laughs> How much. I, I mean, that just kind of sets the foundation for the Minneapolis city culture of yep. making up our own trophies, yeah. which we have been accused of doing. I took my like clothes off at a public win. school park. Yeah. In well, I mean, that just happens all the time. How do you like, celebrate? Unrelated to the story, however. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm now a registered sex offender. <laughs> we'll jump ahead real quick. I asked each of you guys, besides Matt, uh, if you could hire any coach in the world to helm the NPSL squad, current or otherwise, who would it be? Dan. Again, Nick and John picked the same man. I gotta be honest, I don't know why they didn't make the right choice, but um, I have no idea who it is. You gotta guess, that's the, the right game. Choice. That's the game. Um, you could throw us off the set by telling us, guessing your choice. I've already tried that, which would have worked if Nate had not ruined the whole thing. <laughs> Fucking old bay. God damn it. Um, well, you know, Minneapolis City is a unique club, right? We're, we're all about community or about kind of local we play the right way very attacking um play some mind games if it's it's present or past uh you know if it's these guys i might go with alex ferguson because that's the type of guy got the best out of the players never say die brought up a lot of local young players john is always hard for alex alex ferguson I mean, he's, he's got hard that, right now yeah he's got that alcoholic cheek redness he looks like kind of santa claus in fact all of you picked Jurgen Klopp. Why did you lie to me? Why? <laughs> Got him. <laughs> yeah. I, why? I mean, why did you guys? Why do you guys all feel that Klopp would be the the dream candidate for your soccer club? He's modernized what Alex Ferguson did. That is exactly it. So he's wow. he, everyone's yeah. raising their hands like, uh, uh, of course. No, yeah. Duh. I mean, he's good with players. Except that's not what I said. He's <laughs> yes, he's, he's good with players. He's tactically smart. Mm. He he's he knows who to push on and who to pull from. and that, he, that team never says that. Says that. Says he that, brings yeah. in young players. Like, yeah. bring he's in local he's the modern day Ferguson. You did have a different reason though. His right? heavy metal football is the, like, it's the closest thing to our punk rock, uncorporate side True. of the culture. Mm -hmm. And who doesn't want to hug from him after a game? I, mean, I love a big hug. Yeah. I like as, the fact as, that when... As the Men in Blazers, I know some podcasts think he's, the Men in Blazers are the devil, but the, as the Men in Blazers say, he's a... Teutonic Care Bear. And it doesn't get better than a hug from a Teutonic Care Bear. I like how the day before he was introduced as a Liverpool manager, he, he flew into Liverpool and he went to get dinner at like a local pub by his hotel. And he ended up staying at the pub until like six in the morning and the press conference was at eight. So he literally went was drinking with all the Liverpoolians. That's so goes, unprofessional. Does not sound like anything we do. Goes back, goes back to his hotel. Basically, just throws some cologne on, smokes a couple cigarettes. Doesn't even take a shower. Eats something and then goes to his press conference like completely loaded. Like, hey, I like that guy. True. I mean, obviously, a second thing I would have done the lumberyard. Yeah, right, and, right. Well, and, you'd, you'd you'd have your press conference in a lumberyard. You'd wear the scarf with the crabs on the back. No, yeah. I would not. I know this is a Minneapolis club, but we got to do this in Des Moines. <laughs> yeah. And maybe Children's Mercy Park. Yeah. <laughs> I give that scarf to the sun. <laughs> All right, guys. If you, uh, I asked you if you were to plan the perfect Minneapolis City Founders getaway. Where would it be, and what would you do, um, John? Knowing what you know about Dan, what do you think he said? I'm pretty sure it, it, it involves Kansas City. <laughs> I guess I forgot what I said. Uh, I'll tell I you. slept a lot the past week since the AOM. <laughs> I'll tell you. What <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you're, you said Kansas. John, you are, or Dan, you already mentioned it. Uh, rest in peace, McMahon's Pub. You yes, would you go, go back. right back to the beginning. Oh, okay. Let's play some bingo. Yeah, dude, I'll great. make the. The skillet. The whole no, with the tater tots? With the skillet? Oh, I still make those at home sometimes when I want like 8,000 calories in my so life. So Dan didn't obviously say Kansas City, which I'm very but sad about. That's Honestly, fine. 
I would definitely hit up Kansas City. Nick, you and John both picked European tours of destruction. Um, <laughs> describe your ideal trips. Nick, you start because uh, you had, so you had picked, two sides of the coin. For I picked trip. a working and a non-working one. The non-working one is us just going over there and uh, watching all the Champions League round of 16. Mm. Hopefully all the home games are in England or Spain, France, you know, real Travel close trips. Yes. Uh, the working one was basically let's start on the island, England, Scotland, and you know let's have Minneapolis City and segments teams play our way across the continent, ending in Istanbul, Turkey, just for a little bit of danger because unfortunately we're pretty white bread and we don't have a lot of danger in our lives. Who doesn't so, like know, to watch a soccer match behind a chain link fence? Right, right. I don't think Bashikash knows what they're. Up for with us, and frankly, I don't think we know what we're up for. With. And, no, and no. I'm talking like Minneapolis <laughs> City '77, Stegman's Blues. Like we're talking like holy shit, top, those guys have knives. Yeah, top of like, the barrel, holy shit, those guys have beers. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm, beer I'm gonna respond to that with my my the only way I know how to have a Dan impression is who's gonna pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, we gotta sell more merch. Yeah, so John, you, <laughs> you expensive. You also there's a Turkey Turkish connection in your answer as well. Yes, yeah, so I I said I, I'd like to travel to wherever there's a, like a major final mm-hmm. and hope that it would be like an iconic final like the 05 Istanbul sure. Liverpool, Liverpool AC Milan game and like not really have a connection to either team but like see just incredible soccer that's like once in a lifetime um, and then just be like all right let's the three of us just can figure out how to make our own fun <laughs> I love it all right well that's hey, the Nate. yeah you're gonna change your answer no, I'm, I'm not going to change my answer. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I was going to ask if you could pause this really quickly. Are you allowed to stop the recording? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to take a little break because that's the new. That's the end of the newly newlyweds game, and uh, we're feel, we didn't get to talk yet. about who would we're, score on Hudeman. We're an hour into this. Oh, I skipped it because he basically said nobody. nobody. It would have been a big fight. I said uh, I said no. me. It'd be another. Yeah, Nick said oh. Nick, but he were you were super oh, gracious. Yeah, I Nick was, said only I if I got a setup from brilliant. John. Hold on, oh. Oh, I was. My answer's pretty fucking brilliant. <laughs> and hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. It was not just a setup from John. It was the fact that you need unorthodox and suboptimal skills because to really Dan, get one past Dan. Yeah, Dan would understand what you're going to do. True. Shaving. I'd be like, I'm going to shin this in or hit it with my knee. Like maybe that thrust Dan doesn't it expect in. me to hit a 30-yard ball off Nick's forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I did say half my segment's goals were assisted by you. Although, to be fair, John has scored on me twice. Both were like these ridiculous left-footed penalties in the upper 90. Suck a dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've uh, that's the end of the newlyweds game, as it were. Uh, we're gonna take a, we are going to take a little break. Because uh, we have to get more beer and use the bathroom. And the listeners and need to take a break the, and do the same. Yep, and I think uh, we'll be back with you uh, shortly, probably, on we'll this see. episode next week. <laughs> Join us on the other side of the weekend as we return with our second part of our 100th episode spectacular, welcoming Dan Hudeman, Nick Sint, and John Bizworm, founders of Minneapolis City, into the studio. They'll talk Stegmans, they'll talk the founding of City, and the vision of City in the future. See you on Monday. No, we played them at their place, and the guy turned around and shot at his own goal. Right, no, 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 not that. When we played them, they need to win to catapult us into the playoffs, and we fucking... We're up 2 nothing on them. They started time-wasting on their own. They were kicking balls into the fucking yeah, woods. Yeah, I remember that. No, no we so were up 2 nothing. We they winning. were so pissed at each other that they exactly. were just like, so I'm just going to rifle the ball into the woods. Like, we, when we played them at their place, we were being like 3 or 4 nothing or something. And let's put it this way. We were time-wasting. One of their defenders takes the ball, turns to his own goal, and rifles a shot that hits the crossbar. Like, blasts off into midfield. And we're all watching, like, what do we what do? Fuck and, and I'm standing by the ref, and I was like, do we need to, like, do something? <laughs> like, what, what the fuck's happening? Yeah, they, they, yeah they're, they're a mess. They melt down. Yeah. Oh, and then at our home field, it was literally, like, instead of shooting on their own goal, they were just kicking it into the woods. These are our game balls, which are, you they're know, very expensive. We, they're always, very expensive. we always add, like, the premiership game balls yeah. in Because oh, yeah. we're like, fuck it, why not? I, I now start buying them in bulk when they're on sale for half off. Because, yeah. I, but it's like, why are you guys wasting time? We're up to nothing. We're winning the game. Right. Don't you want to win? Right. And that was at the woodshed, which I, love God, that place. I miss the woodshed. I do, too.
I don't. I love Link. I love the Link too. I also love the Link. Especially with the surroundings. I love Lamp. Yeah, I love Lamp. If she quit, make my heart skip, then snip. When we're together, like ice cream mixed with some mint pepper. Shawty had to rescue my respiratory. Just wants a man who's a man that is mandatory. Only without her off the pad, like I never met with Dory. Help her write her story, take the qualms on her quarry. Girl, I'm free, falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Girl, I'm free, falling for you. Temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Selfie timeless as the rolling. Always be my plus one. Shotty is my bogey. In it for the long haul, not for the trophy. Every day, feeling greater than Tony. Falling for her, and I think she falling for me too. I hope falling like two V's make a double U. Type of dude to build you up and make the rubble move. Type of dude to have my phone out all in front of you. Only cause you got my back. Presence always sets the mood. Never starts any trouble without any proof. No problems if there was. Make the puzzle poof. Lap it up. Goofballs, you should see the spoof. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you fall for me, please. Just tell me when you fall. Girl, I'm free falling for you. Still, temptation follows free. Just tell me when you 